Whatever crap. Just making fun of me because I, I love wheat. 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 Wheat with a T. Oh, T. Wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Wheat with a T. <laughs> Definitely. He's a fairly formal goat, but he likes to party. Did you guys know that uh, Pepe Le Pew has been banned from like Looney Tunes because it's offensive to the French, I guess? Cheers. This is a New England. It's supposed to look like orange juice. <laughs> it is supposed to look like orange juice, and it does. If you've never tried You Betcha, you should. Welcome back to the podcast, Chapter 19. We are talking today about one of our newest beers. It's a beer that is one of the favorites, not only of the four of us at the table, but of our staff and of... Uh, quickly, a lot of consumers, um, a lot of people that walk through the door, and I'm excited to talk to you all about it. Uh, I've got Chase Slegler with me. Hello. P&P, Danny Harold. Hello. And Luke's Rapture. Justin looks like a bumblebee today. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lot better if we had video. Hey, Danny, get on that. Let's, yeah. have, let's have video podcasts. Working on it. <laughs> okay, welcome back. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Danny, for uh, last week's podcast. Gotten a lot of feedback on that. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed learning more about you, and um, it's something that I would love to dive deeper on as we move forward and uh, something that I think we'll do. So thanks for that, and welcome back. It was a lot of fun. Let's, uh, let's just dive right in. This beer is called Original Settlers. We'll get, on, get into that in a little bit, but let's just start with the beer. Chase... This recipe, I believe, is is one you've been working on for a long time. We, we've we talked about having an Oktoberfest for a while. For me personally, it's one of my favorite styles of lager, of lagers. And so uh, it's something I gravitate to every fall. I drink a lot of Oktoberfests, so no pressure. But I, I know you you were hoping that ours knocked it out of the park and, gravita- and this became one that I gravitated to. And you obviously succeeded at that because I'm drinking it out of a liter right now. And loving every minute of it. So why don't you just talk a little bit about this particular beer and this recipe? Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's one of my favorite styles uh, to brew, especially for the season. I, I've always had a lot of fun at uh, in the small town of New Glarus, going to their Oktoberfest and drinking way too much of uh, New Glarus' Oktoberfest. So um, I always like to drink too much of this beer sometimes. Yeah, this beer, I actually I, I wrote this recipe a long time ago, and I kept wanting to brew it at home but never did i just was kind of nervous about it and as far as fermentation goes and the setup that i have of really controlling the temperature properly and then on top of it decoction so i've had this recipe written for a while i don't remember i think i think luke and i sat down and wrote it and changed it um of what i had uh it's 100 percent vireman malt uh, which is a, a german style of malt yeah it's one of the oldest know. malting companies out of bamberg <laughs> <laughs> um did he say that right? I actually don't know. You said Bamberg. <laughs> Bamberg. Bamberg. We um, wanted to make sure that it was a, a drinkable beer. I think a lot of American Oktoberfest or even fest beers are can kind of become too cloyingly sweet and just not really drinkable. Um, we're having a probably our, our biggest, I think, event here at Sonder, the Oktoberfest, which is September 27th. 7th and 28th. Boom, shakalaka. Yeah. Look, I plug something, guys. <laughs> um, so we wanted to make sure that uh, it was, it was a, one, a good, a good uh, true-to-style beer, but also kind of drinkable. So Luke and I, we, 
we toned down all the camera malts to it and we're letting the decoction speak out more towards this brew. So we actually did, uh, it was our first, yeah, first time doing a double decoction with our brew house. So this is our first double decoction brewed. So we've explained the double decoction in past brew cast. Um, so Absolutely. I'm, not, I'm not going to, but to really drive out some of those mallards and, and make it so there's all the toffee and the malt flavor going on with it being a clean finish to it. Uh, we left it relatively traditional, I would say. We bumped up the bitterness to clean it out on the back end. So it's a little bit Americanized maybe with uh, targeted uh, bitter, uh, bitterness units, um, but it is made with um, uh, golden hops, I believe. I believe. I'd look at the recipe. Steering golden, I think. And Hollertau, yeah. Hollertau. Yeah. What are the different styles of Oktoberfest beers? And which is our, ours leaning more towards? Luke and I have, have had this discussion at length. Uh, well, there's there's a few because I was going through the I was going through the style guidelines. Um, mm-hmm. So you have Mirzen, which is a high um, high gravity brewed uh, in March, and then lagered till September. Mm-hmm. Then you have more of the traditional October te- Oktoberfest, which isn't technically as high as gravity or as alcohol. And then you have the new uh, the new version um, fast beer, which was just created maybe. 15, maybe 15, 20 years ago. Okay. And that's more of a lighter style, so you can just crush it. So mm-hmm. if you look at the guidelines, fest beers are just made to drink a ton of versus if you're drinking like a really high alcohol, Mertzen, you know, it's going to put you on your butt pretty fast. Gotcha. Mertzen uh, is, is Marzen as well, right? It is. Okay. I was just, <laughs> I, I'm just making sure. German just, speech police over it here. Just means, it just means right. March. Yeah. March in off Deutsch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't know that it meant March. Yeah, I didn't, so I didn't either. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't really follow guidelines all that well with the JCP. JCP we don't want you BJCP. to <laughs> um, So ours is 5.7 alcohol. I'm not sure where that falls in. I, I'm uh, not sure what the fast It's over 13, right? Oh, oh, they do it by Play-Doh. Yeah, 13.5 Play-Doh. Yeah, so it's just a, it's a, it's a 0.5 above. Oh, okay. So, like, we're, yeah, we're right above the fast beer guidelines, apparently. Uh, yeah, gotcha. yeah, I mean, it, which makes sense to me. The way that I kind of have explained it to people as they ask is, to me, it's in the middle of uh, a, a Marzen or a Martzen uh, and fast beer. It's, like, somewhere in the middle, which I quite like. It has the malty characteristics, and the, the color is that beautiful uh, copper color. But it is Mahogany. incredibly crushable. Mahogany. That's a great, yeah. I love that. Like My a, apartment smells like a nice, mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in, a, uh, in a non-bad way, like a, a nice rust color. Yeah. 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 I feel mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we let the double decoction stand out in the maltiness. Uh, there's obviously caramel malt in it, uh, caramelic malt. Uh, but, yeah, this beer was uh, fun to make. I wish we would have bumped up the batch size so we have more of it. Well, so let's talk about that. Our can line arrives in a couple of weeks. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago on our podcast. In the future, I think we all feel like hopefully this is a beer that we can send to package. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been asked a few times by some, some folks if this is one that we plan to can this year. Unfortunately, just given our Oktoberfest festival, which you talked about, and making sure that we have enough for that festival, not knowing what to expect as well as having enough for the tap room and enough so that we can send some with Daniel's team to market. We just didn't have the ability 
to do that this year. Add to that the chaos of trying to plan with a third party and, and Ironheart and, and other stuff we have going on. It just didn't make sense this year. I think that's actually okay um, because it is a beer that is only available in our tap room and at a few outside locations. So I would definitely encourage people to get in here and try it. And if you can't get to the tap room, as Danny mentioned, on the 27th and 28th of September, we are hosting the Mason Deerfield Oktoberfest, which we're pretty excited about uh, with, with 15 other partnering breweries from Cincinnati and some other areas around Ohio. So all, although we didn't get it into cans, it is planned for the future to do that, I think is safe to say. Yeah, I would love to. I, I can see this being a – you know, one thing that – I'll go on a little bit of tangent here. Um, one thing that surprised me when uh, I moved to Cincinnati is with all the German culture, there's not, I, th- I think I may have mentioned this in another podcast, but there's not a lot of uh, traditional German-style beers really being produced. Um, so I I was really excited about this beer um, with the German town, uh, the heritage. I'm uh, Swiss and German uh, heritage. Um, so I was excited about this beer, and I hope that uh, the true, true German blooded Cincinnatians. Cincinnatians, is that what it is? I believe, it. I believe that's right, yeah. Cincinnatians sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> is that a, well, it's a great segue into the name of the beer, which... which yeah, I spaced out. <laughs> which we'll talk, my favorite is that when I said, it's called Original Settlers, we'll get into that in a little bit, and your, the look on your face, it was literally like you went, oh, yeah. Yeah, because I probably should have like, called my mom and been like... <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is true, right? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna just operate under the assumption that we've it's been true. selling this beer for two weeks. Yeah, but I don't pay attention to the, <laughs> the names. Of them. Well, so before we dive into that, um, you mentioned you're German. Does that mean at our Oktoberfest you're going to be wearing lederhosen? N- not this year. I I'm hoping in the future I can actually go overseas and get traditional. You know, deerskin lederhosen's. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that way there's a little bit of story behind lederhosen's. But right now, I'll be wearing my famous uh, hop shirt. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> shirt is fantastic. And boots. And boots. <laughs> I have Luke, special boots. Luke, for. will you be wearing lederhosen? Uh, no, but my dad will. And he, uh, Warren, maybe Warren. Oh yeah, my son Warren. Does yeah. Does Warren have lederhosen? Um, we don't have. Um, <laughs> my mom, my parents got some when they were over there. They're not like traditional ones, but. When Don't Warren's, tell Chase that. Don't tell Chase that. Chase is the later hosen snob. Well, but <laughs> next year, I believe Warren's going to beef out a little bit, you know, being my son and all. And uh, Chase does have... <laughs> Chase does... <laughs> Chase does have some traditional de- reindeer skin. Yeah, I believe so. Um, we were... Haley and I were in uh, Zurich last year, a year and a half ago, and we couldn't afford anything in Zurich because it's ungodly expensive. So we decided to just go to the thrift stores and in one of the thrift stores, we actually found a, I don't know, like a one- to three-year-old lederhosen outfit. So we, we bought it for a five five francs or whatever, euros. I don't even know. Euros. 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 Francs was the one. Is Zurich, is it? Is and and, yeah. uh, and Warren already has dibs on those? Should oh, be in the Oh, duh. I think I'm it's Frank's. Oh, yes, yeah, so it's Frank. Warren has dibs on those? Uh, That's cool. I mean, I, well, I don't tomorrow. have a one to three year old child uh, son that could potentially wear those or anything. <laughs> hey, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Quickly, uh, we're back to Chase and Luke uh, being really good friends, and me just that's fine. I'll, I will, he saw I'll him. Sure. He saw him, and he was like, "Oh my god, those are Warrens." Dude, it's fine. I'll make sure Voss never hears this podcast when he's older. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, 
I'm writing this down for Voss to listen to in a couple of years. This, this is fine. So Uncle this Chase thinks of you. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Now, all the girls are going to call you Uncle Chase. You're just going to be Chase to Voss. He's going to be, he's going to be so, so upset at you. I'll be that guy. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. That's cool. Um, good for Warren. So let's come back to that. Let's, let's, uh, let's kind of park here on Original Settlers. So, Chase, your family has extensive background from where you're from in terms of uh, the Legler family migrating into the New Glarus area, the Wisconsin area. And as you've said it, I don't want to butcher the story here, but the Legler family uh, were some of the original settlers of your town in which you grew up in, correct? Correct, yeah. Leglers were one of, I don't know, maybe six to 12, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here, but uh, original uh, settlers in, in New Glarus, so Swiss folk. Is it fair to say that if you didn't get this right, that Wanda might be reaching out to you and correcting it? Hold on, is, yes. your, is your mom's name Wanda? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wanda's a saint, by yeah. the way. Yeah, she gives me really good advice. <laughs> She's a saint. Yeah. Wanda, if you're listening, just know we love you. She listens. I didn't realize that she was going <laughs> to listen to these, but she does. <laughs> does Al listen? Yeah, he does, actually. Okay. Yeah. Love you too, Dad and Mom. Love you guys all. <laughs> so is it is it both families? Uh, so so it, it must be Al's, your father's family yeah. that was the original settler. Is Correct. Wanda's family? Uh, uh, so, how does that work? Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't really know. I, that's why I said I should have researched. My, I know that I'm part uh, Blackfoot, Native American, so I got that going for me. Are you, are you more than 112th? Uh, Could you no. have gone to college for free? No. Is that okay. a thing? Yeah. If you're, I don't, don't quote me on that, but I think like if, if you're. We're full of actual facts on I this know, show. Yeah. We know everything for certain. I don't think I've ever delivered an, an exact fact on this show. I'm more just like afraid to be wrong. So I'm like, I hey, don't quote me on that, but I think this is right. Um, yeah. If you're like a good portion Native American, like you get a pretty good discount to college and whatnot. So. Nope. Or is that be like running a casino somewhere? <laughs> There's some good dough in that. House yeah. always wins. That's true. The, the house usually does win. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I, my family is part Native American as well. I don't know of which tribe. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing Chaka. That's your guess? Yeah. Uh, I did not go to college for free. Gotcha. So I don't think I'm You were born uh, curs and turs. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Lots of curs and turs. <laughs> Uh, What's we've, never shared, we've never shared that on shared that on this podcast. <laughs> What's Turs? Uh, yeah, we, one day that'll come up. We'll Sorry. we'll share that at a different. I know Turs is. I don't know Turs is. Tur- so, so anyway, that's where <laughs> moving on. <laughs> that is where the original settlers' name came from. Because we were yeah okay I, it's because we were at the New Glarus Hosley's Meat Market. That's where it came from, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, we were being helped. We were picking up, uh, we actually picked up a bunch of meat for our employee yeah. grill out that we yep. had at yes. Hosley's, which is a small, uh, awesome butchery uh, Fantastic. in New Glarus. The Lawndiegers. And oh. the, uh, the young girl behind the cash register uh, saw my name, and she was also a Legler. She was from, New Glar- uh, from Belleville, which is where my dad's originally from. Um, so Yeah, and I think she actually said to us, she said, that yeah. her family was like one of the yeah, original. original. Yeah. So I just kind of piggyback off that. <laughs> did you figure? Yeah. Did you figure out if you were related to her? Yeah. I no, I don't know. Gotcha. 
I think Luke and I both asked, and he's like, I don't, I don't know. There's a ton of Lecklers around here. We were, we were some of the original settlers. Well, no, she was a Christian. Her, oh, yeah, that's maiden, right. yeah. Yeah. We're just uh, here. We go. This is just we're we're diving deep down <laughs> yeah. a rabbit hole right now that a lot of our listeners probably don't care about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> got meat and meat market. And <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so so let's piggyback off of this and let's talk a little bit more about the Oktoberfest, Danny. For those that are listening that don't know, uh, it's a free event. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of set it up. You you fill in the blanks here if you can. Totally. It's a free event, so anyone can, can come to the brewery for the festival. The festival actually kicks off. We're going to do a traditional wooden cask ceremony at 6 p.m. on Friday the 27th where we actually take a wooden cask of the Oktoberfest and take a, 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 like a gavel, essentially, and bust it open and have the ability for consumers to walk up with their, either their stein, if they choose to, to purchase a stein, a commemorative stein, or their cup from the event and get some straight out of the wooden cask, which is a super cool, very traditional method, uh, an event. That'll kick off the event. We have live music all day on Friday, and we have representation from 15 other breweries around the state. So some of those breweries I'm going to try here. Okay. And you, you tell me who I'm missing if you can, yep. okay? So we have Rheingeist, Madtree, Tafts, Fretboard, Highgrain, Jackie O's, Branch and Bone, Warped Wing, uh, Listerman. Who else am I missing here? How many do you have right now? Nine. Uh, Cellar Dweller. Cellar Dweller. 50 West. 50 West. We have our Mason Brewery, so 16 Lots Oh, yeah, lots 16 Lots in common. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, did you say Fatheads? I did not. And then High Grain. I said High Grain. Jackie O's. Uh, Mad Tree, uh, Rangos, Tafts, Warped Wing, and then Wiedemann's. Wiedemann's uh, was the one I missed, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and there might be some late additions uh, yeah. that we'll add here. Uh, we're still waiting to hear back from a few others. It's an awesome list of breweries. It's it going to be traditional German beer, so everyone's bringing their best German beer. It's going to be awesome. That's right. We're really excited about it. It's an opportunity for, uh, for us to just... To, to partner with other breweries around the state and um, to, to show everyone how fun this is and, and to be able to do something like this. This is, this is why we bought six and a half acres, right? This is why we wanted to do this. And, and I remember when we, first, when we first bought this land and we were talking about what we were going to do with it, Chase, I remember you actually saying we could do things like hosting an Oktoberfest yeah. on this. I mean, this is this is where our heart is and what our vision for it is. I will tell you, one of the things I'm pretty excited about is we're actually planning for the day. We're not going to pour you betcha. We're gonna we're gonna pare our menu down and we're gonna have four very traditional German style beers. We're gonna have our we're gonna have original settlers, our Oktoberfest. We're gonna have Voss, our Kolsch. Um, I think we're going with five, right? So are we going Dunkel? Well, don't, then... don't release. So the Dunkel, yep. And then we have another beer, which I'm pretty excited about. Okay. Um, so it is four? It's four, yep. Okay. Um, I, I bl- we're almost out of Zauber, so I would imagine Zauber oh, yeah, will be gone. Right. I remember Dunkel Weiss, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Dunkel Weiss? Yeah. Dunkel Weizen? Dunkel Weizen. 
The hell's the difference? Yeah, there isn't one. He's just, we have German word police over here. Jiminy Christmas. Because he's part of the JCPJC. Yeah, whatever. We've got judging a dunk, police. We've, we've got the Dunkle Vice. With, with my best friend Randy Mosher. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different story. Uh, we, we, I will tell you, we might have a fifth. If Adela is still around, then oh, yeah, uh, we'll uh, pour that. Oh, oh, that'd, that'd be a good, be good. one. Yeah. Yep. Um, but other than that, we have, a, we have another beer that we're actually. We haven't announced yet that we're going to release in cans the day of the event uh, that we will brew a couple of times and uh, keep it around for the season yeah. that we're going to release at that festival mm-hmm. um, that I don't really want to talk about yet uh, totally. because we haven't announced it yet. So uh, that's going to be something that's pretty cool. And then on top of that, so we'll have our four to six beers. We'll have all of these other traditional German-style beers, and we'll have a little bit of everything. We'll have the multi-beers, even from, from our own repertoire. We'll have uh, the Dunkel, which will be, you know, for more Dunkelweitz. Dunkelweizen. Uh, I said Dunkelweizen, and you said Dunkelweiz. Weizen no. <laughs> <laughs> is wheat. He's just being difficult. Yeah. Dunkel is, is, you know, dark, dark wheat. Yeah. Dunkelweiz. We'll have a Dunkelweiz. We'll have... Um, the beer list from the other breweries is looking really good. It, it is, Actually, yeah. it's actually a Dunkless Vice, as my dad tells me. Dunkless? Like it's Darkless? Like a Dunkless. <laughs> so anyways, on a side note, I text my mom while we were sitting Oh, perfect. Here. Yeah, so I, I asked if, if Leglers were original settlers. She said, not on the Legler side, but on the wild side, which is actually my, my mother's. Perfect. So, okay. So. I knew we were settler somewhere. The anticipation was killing me. Yeah, I'm I glad. I'm glad. I, I, was on, I was on edge over here. It's you know, it's really too bad we're not we're not doing a live recording because we could have her call in and we could have her talk about that this. Been awesome. That would have been pretty sweet. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I don't know if she would. She might. She probably would. She'd probably rather be here in person though. Oh yeah. We really dropped the ball on that, huh? We can get her on the pod. Yeah. We yeah. should have had her here. Should we should do that. They so, got a visit. They got a visit, though. We gotta, we'll get her, that's get true. her lined up. <laughs> I just want Al to hang out and drink beers with us. Here. <laughs> so, so we can ask the, see his paws, dude. <laughs> oh man, story for another can, day. Yeah, this is, is if you're interested. If you're in, if you're listening and interested, ask Luke about the first time he met Al. Al Legler. No, it was, actually, it was the second time. Oh, it was the second time. Even better. Oh, yeah, because Al didn't remember the first time. <laughs> well, he didn't, he didn't remember him the first time. That was the greatest part. <laughs> we didn't really talk part. that much. Yeah. That was a little... Luke was a little bit just tired that night. He was sleepy. He was sleepy. He was Very sleepy. sleepy. Yeah. But Al, we're best friends now. He'll never forget who I Al am Al may or may not have asked who, if he knew Luke. <laughs> <laughs> While he's holding hands and comparing his hands. <laughs> hey, he wasn't against it, so I guess it wasn't that weird. Or he's just too nice of a guy to tell you he didn't care for him. No, he wouldn't. He, he, he'd definitely say no. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. So anyway, I'm going to try to pull this train back on the tracks here. We are pumped about the Oktoberfest. Um, again, it's a free event, but we do have it all over social media, too. Uh, yeah. Let us know if you're planning to come, because it does change how we plan for the event. Um, whether we have a few thousand or ten thousand, I mean, it's, it's a... It definitely changes things a little bit, so we're trying to plan our best not having a baseline for it and never having done it before. And, and there are options as well for um, a pre-purchased VIP ticket. Yep. So one of the things I think that's going to be really cool is we, we will have cups at the event where uh, our very generous sponsors will be uh, shown on them and, and other signage and other things 
The cups will be, you know, kind of a commemorative little plastic cup like you would get at a stadium, a sports event. Mm-hmm. Um, that's reusable if you'd like, uh, that we would, we would encourage. Or, uh, that's 12 ounces, so all the, the, we're going to do a beer ticketed method like we did for our grand open. And uh, you have the ability to purchase beer tickets and get four extra ounces per pour if you purchase a commemorative Stein at the door. Uh, and that's, that's pretty cool as well, so we'll have that option, but... Something we're pretty excited about. Um, those VIP kits include a Stein. It includes a, a pretty cool uh, German hat that Danny helped design. I cannot wait for the German hat. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. like that's like your jam. You I have know. not stopped talking about. No, that I love it. Hat. I think it's dope. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also have some sunglasses, which are cool. And then a lapel, like a lapel com- pin, yeah. Commemorative so pin, yeah. Every single time you come to Mason Oktoberfest, you're going right. to be checking out the pin. So. That's right. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and those, those VIP kits are available. Uh, how can people purchase those if they'd like yeah, to? Yeah, so if you go to our website, we have a Mason Oktoberfest page, and then we also have a Facebook event. So all the info's there. Uh, just building off what Justin said, we really wanted this to be a craft beer Oktoberfest, and we wanted it to be in the burbs, you know, like, come hang out with us, come enjoy some traditional German beers, we're going to have some great music all Friday night, and then all day Saturday, during the day, and then at night, uh, really good food by Brew River, we have some vendors coming, and then like Justin said, we have 15 other breweries from across Ohio, uh, it's just going to be an awesome time, um, come hang with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's wrap up talking about... Wooden keg tapping, too. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I talked about that. Oh, sorry. I wasn't listening. Yeah. Have you been practicing? Are you ready to go? No, I need to because we're just going to wing it. So. <laughs> we're, like, literally, you're just going to wing it straight into the wooden cask, right? Yeah, we're going to wing it. The pressure's on. But you know what you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Done it once or twice. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I actually did it with Dan Carey at New Glarus for one Oktoberfest, and it was my first time filling the barrel. And you always want a, a black <laughs> eye, they call it. So a what? A black eye. So after you fill the keg up, you want to be able to look in and not see any foam. That means that you kept all the CO2 in the beer itself when you fill it. Oh, nice. So I'll be doing that. It'll be very exciting. So, <laughs> yeah, I did it my first time in New Glarus, and I, had, I think I did too good of a job. <clears throat> Because there was a lot of CO two in it, so we got people full of beer. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna uh, customize a, a a wooden keg and um, yeah, put Oktoberfest into it. Well, it's and a barrel. Sit. It's a real barrel. Yeah, it's a real barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not a keg keg. Yeah, yeah. Wooden barrel. But wooden a, keg. That's a pretty limited amount, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, six point one some gallons. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be mm-hmm. it'll be a, a small amount. Um, so we definitely encourage people to get here for that tapping at 6 o'clock is yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah, it'll mm-hmm. be fun. It'll be fun. How many beers would, would that be? Do you know? I think for that, roughly, like, you know, I don't want I don't, to, I, I certainly don't want to speak out of turn. Chase, I can't imagine Chase we're doing full beers for that. That's what I was going to say. That'll be something beers. where it's, hey, this is, this is a very limited amount. Come in and get a few ounces and try yeah. 64 beers at 12 ounces, yeah. Yeah, so it probably have to be a couple ounces here and there, but um, all right. So let's let's wrap up. What is uh, I want I want each of you uh, to tell me if you had to. This is this is openly one of all of our favorite styles. We talk about it a lot. All of us have. Uh, what is an Oktoberfest beer that is memorable to you? Something either a memory that you have from drinking one or one that you gravitate to every year. Danny, I know you're chomping at the bit. Go ahead. Sam Adams Oktoberfest is one of the first craft beers that I really liked. 
Uh, it was in the fridge October. I don't remember what year of college it was, but it was definitely something that like I came home and I was like, oh, this is a really good beer. You know, I can have a couple of these. It's smooth, pretty crushable, fairly traditional. So I would say Sam Adams is a bit nostalgic for me. And a memory you have with your dad, right? Totally, yeah. Yep. We, if, you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, go back and listen last week yeah. to Danny's podcast. He talks a lot about that. Luke, do you have one? Oh, of course. Uh, my most memorable was, uh, I think it was probably freshman, going into sophomore year of college. I was over in Europe for about a month, and at the end of the wrap-up, my dad and I went to Oktoberfest, and we stopped at the Augustino Brau um, tent, and we were drinking Oktoberfest out of wooden uh, casks. And it was, it was just unreal watching them pour, because when they would pour it, it would just come out as foam, and they would stop it just right so at the very top of the glass when you look at a when you look at any glass that's from germany it always has the marks of where the liquid stops and that's how they'll make sure that they never under pour you or over pour you so it's always correct and it would just be a full glass of foam and then you would get it and then by the time it was settled it was a perfect liter pour um so i'll never forget that smoking lucky strikes it was great times (laughs) (laughs) Chase, what about you? Um, I guess I probably enjoy Einger's Oktoberfest mm, quite a bit. One of my faves. But I, I still go back to my, my Oktoberfest days in New Clare, just hanging out with all the, the local peeps and hanging out. It was a good time. So New Clare's is also up there. What's, what, what, do they have a name for theirs? I can't remember. Is it, is it just Oktoberfest? I can't St- oh, Staghorn. Sta- yeah. That's right. Oh, okay. yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, for me, I, uh, uh, mine would be Goose Island's Fest Beer. I, I, as I was home brewing, I, I tried to brew an Oktoberfest one time, um, and I just didn't have great equipment to lager appropriately. Um, but I tried to model mine. I remember trying to model mine off of Goose Island when we were living in Chicago. I, I, I actually remember there was a time I was at a uh, – there's a place in uh, – by where we used to live called Bavarian Lodge. Um, Sarah Eckstein and Mike Leather, good friends of ours, uh, we used to go hang out there all the time. And I remember having Goose Island Fest beer at Bavarian Lodge with them one time, and it was something. It was a style that I wasn't overly familiar with, and um, and that that was something that that stood out to me. It was one of my early memories of having the style as I started to really dive in and, and love beer, and um, that's one that every year I seemingly pick up a six pack of. Um, to try. And in fact, I believe Chase last year we did a, was it last year or the year before we did a blind tasting? <laughs> I think it was two years, man. I think it was two years ago. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Uh, we did a, a blind tasting of, uh, we, we, we said Oktoberfest beer, but there was some Mars in there. There was some, there was some Fest beer and it was in the neighborhood. And I think we had uh, probably 10 or 12 people all bring Ossix back. And the, and the whole thing was you couldn't tell anyone what you brought. And then you threw it in, and then, and then I kind of administrated it. And we voted on it, so we just did, like, a voting system. And, uh, and then we did a bracket. So if this one voted against this one, it moved on, so on and so forth. And if I'm not mistaken, Goose Island was the winner. Yeah, it did. It was actually – I think it did win in the votes. I don't really recall, but in, in my mind, it was definitely the, the best beer. Yeah, I, I still remember it. Yeah, uh, actually, it beat out Eyinger by quite a bit. Yep. So, yeah. I, yeah, I think you brought the Eyinger. I did, yeah. I brought the Goose Island. Yeah. Um, I well, think what Brent, were some of the other ones ones in there? We had the Sierra Nevada collaboration because they do a collaboration every year. Oct, uh, Revolution, Revolution was in there, which mm-hmm. is what 
Um, the guys just cracked here for us to drink next. Which is really good as well. It is very good. Um, it's very similar to ours. Yeah. I don't remember what else was in there. There was uh, Gustav from Tafts. Was, was, there, there? was there a monkish? Uh, what's a monkish? <laughs> <laughs> I'll Google it one of these days. No, you, what do you mean you don't get it? Go back and listen to our previous podcast. You're the one that said it. Yeah, I know. I saw that one of the monkish is. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you ask. I think I may still have the write-up. I did a write-up of it. Oh, nice. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested now to go back and look at it. But Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it's, a, it's a cool thing. I actually would like to administer a similar thing with our team this year. Be fun. Uh, to do it blindly and just see what everyone thinks. That's one of my favorite things to do. I think uh, not only recency bias, but just uh, visual bias changes things for people when they see what a brewery is. I think, that, you know, for me, I, I, I do it all the time. Is I automatically have a, a thought in my mind going in if I know what the brewery is and if it's a brewery I love, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. So I like to remove that as much as we can. So, anything else uh, you guys want to add to uh, to original settlers to the to the Oktoberfest, uh, Luke? Is this something you had done a lot of at home or in your past, or this style? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's what was really fun when. Um, well, um, that's what was really fun when uh, it was uh, when Chase and I when, when Chase invited me over to his house for the first time. <laughs> I remember uh, Haley made us biscuits, and it was good, but. Um, <laughs> It was awesome, biscuits and jelly. But it was cool because Chase gave like showed me his recipe. And he was like, "Okay, what would you do differently?" And that was like a bi- that was like a biblical uh, excerpt. Uh, Haley made us biscuits, and it was good. <laughs> to be honest with you, I was uh, I was thinking about this podcast when Chase brought it up. So I was thinking, I was like, "Okay, so how did this happen?" And then I remembered that. So I was like, "I'm definitely going to say the biscuits, of course." And um, but anyways. Uh, yeah, so it was really cool. Um, it was the first one that it was the first recipe him and I wrote together. Um, this is when I was maybe like a week and a half on the job, so I was actually very intimidated by him still. Well, still am, but like, <laughs> I still am, but like heavily intimidated. But anyways, um, you know, I showed him my homebrew recipe. I was like, hey, you know, I've done this recipe quite a few times. It's gotten some awards. It's, it's really good. And I remember I'm looking at it and be like, Oof, I don't <laughs> I don't think we're going to do that much Munich malt there, Luke. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we came to a compromise, and uh, no, it was cool. So, I mean, I'm really happy about this beer because it turned out um, better than, you know, one would expect for the first time rolling. But um, I think a lot of the beers that we do for our first time turn out much better than Chase and I both expect. But, um, but yeah, being the first beer that him and I wrote together, um, this has uh, a little special meaning to me. So, but it was a... That's awesome. It was a good beer. It was a good. Be- it's, it was not. It wasn't a good beer. It is a good beer. So, dribbly uh, having a couple of these after work every day. So, yeah. I apologize. I don't. I don't have the memory like that to remember. I just recipes are just kind of in and out. For me. Oh no, man! It was a. <laughs> it was a memory, so I'm not gonna forget. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jack bit me. So. He bites a lot of people. That's his cat. <laughs> Chase has the memory of a small mouse. More of a goldfish. Yeah, nice. Three well, seconds. With, with certain things, <laughs> recipes to me just don't, I mean, they're, I don't know, once you write it and you're happy with it, kind of leave it alone, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't say this to me, but I know I pushed you really hard on the double decoction, and I think you finally broke, and you're like, fine, we'll do one. Yeah, that was because of the the temperature we had to mash in. But that, that's the, it. That's all. It, Sorry. it gets complicated, but yeah, it was... And, and and I don't, I I don't want to ex- explain it again to consumers too deep because we've done it a couple of times now, but 
but just at a top level, what's the benefit of doing the double decoction, Luke? Just, just imagine more Malheur reaction, so more maltiness, more toffee, more... Co- uh, more, more flavor without more, more sweetness, is that fair? Yeah, just more roundness. Very, um, and, very and a, here for that. And, and, <laughs> Same Z's. And a little bit of sweetness will come with it. Um, not a ton, but... And then also uh, more color contribution as well. So, like I always say, uh, imagine when you put toast in a toaster and it, it browns a little bit. That's your Malheur reaction, so that's what we're doing to the grain. That's what, that's what was risky about doing, you know, the double decoction in my mind was just bringing over whatever percentage it was. I don't remember because I've, I've, I've written a calculation for the decoction. But anyways, uh, you're denaturing all the enzymes uh, once you bring that up past 75 you know, degrees Celsius. Uh, so you're denaturing all those enzymes and you're bringing it back to the main mash to allow those enzymes to break down those complex sugars. So we were denaturing those enzymes down with a decent portion of the mash and bringing it back over and that was my only fear with doing the, deco- the double decoction for this but yeah it, but it worked out well yeah yeah it oh, yeah. Uh, definitely definitely made the beer for sure well yeah. i don't think it made it well we talked about it yeah i think it'd be interesting i mean there's there uh, this is an argument that brewers will forever have and maybe in 100 years when we're all gone brewers won't be doing decoction because it's just not you think it. you're going to be gone. I'm going to live. Uh, well, with modern medicine, I think I can live to 160. Uh, go for it, brother. I'll be, I'll be gone. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, as far as, you know, energy efficiency goes and everything else that's going on in the world, maybe it's not going to make sense in the future to, to brew a, a beer like this to true to style. But. And, and how much time does it add to brew day? To it adds a lot. Luke's, Luke's always willing to say i'll do the work and just put in the extra eight hours <laughs> and to be clear that doesn't it doesn't add a lot of time because we have a larger brew house this is a process that would add time if you were doing 10 10 barrels or 30 right yes but it does add up in time as far as transfer time with larger volume you're losing time with transferring sure so that's only that's only issue but we we're you know our our, our piping is it's two and a half inch for a decoction line, so it's. I wanted like three inch, but I got two and a half. <laughs> Can afford it. But anyway, it's in that budget. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we're going down that. that but but to my defense, um, I will do a quad decoct, and yeah. <laughs> I will do the twenty four hour hey, day. You said that before. I said all right. I, he doesn't I'll, believe it. <laughs> I'll write. I'll write the mashing regimen for it. I, I, I will write the matching regimen for it, but I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and come over and take over the brew house at eight o'clock when you're no. came, when you came in at five o'clock. Luke's gonna be sleeping on the <laughs> brew deck. It'll be a twenty-four hour shift. <laughs> That'll awesome. be a good beer, though. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Uh, honestly, this beer is fantastic. It's one of my favorites we've done. So good. Yeah, yeah I think. I, just one other note is um, on the production side. I think, you know, I think we're we're fortunate to have Luke's and, and Mai's minds together with recipes like this because um, we, we we don't have a pilot brew system. I mean, I have my home brew system, but I definitely don't have time to be doing that. Um, so writing these thirty barrel, sometimes sixty barrel recipes for the first time and just going all in, I think is. Uh, it's a bit um, uneasy. It's ballsy. It was. Yeah. It was. It was scary for for Luke for sure at first. I was kind of just not thinking about it to be honest with you because you know so much was 
like like all of us, so much was weighing on our shoulders to get this company up and running that I just couldn't I couldn't think about it. Otherwise, I just wouldn't sleep at night. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, writing these recipes and going all in on them every every single time with thirty barrels is is. Uh, I don't know. I think it just shows a lot for our ability for that goes uh, understated too because totally that's so much like confidence and just you know practice and experience like all going into one thing where I, I don't think you guys have messed up yet you know and this is a great beer messed up once uh, once well that wasn't really our fault though to be fair yeah but we should have done diligence on our side so we just, yeah went to the happen but. It's still, it's still shooting pretty good. And that wasn't 30 barrels either. It wasn't. Fun it was fact. 11.5 barrels. Yeah. Just counting. T's and P's. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess... Uh, <laughs> yes! And then to anyone to, to listen to what we're saying is, um, you know, if you don't like it, if the beer is, is good, but it's not, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I thought it was going to be excellent, you know, just, just think about, and I don't say this in a derogatory way, but just think about the way we do it next time, like, what we've learned from doing it on the first rip, like the second time we do this and we can it. I mean, this is a fantastic beer already, but Chase already know Chase and I already know small things that we want to tweak to make it even more fantastic. I mean, it's a, it's a quaffable, just enjoyable beer right now, but like the next time. Absolutely. That, that was one of the things I was going to say is this happens with many of our beers that, mm. that as you guys brew them again, Midwesterner is a great example of that. The first time we brewed it, I loved it. The second time we brewed it, for a lot of people, they would have never noticed the subtle differences. Um, I think because I had drank so much of it, I, I had asked you guys if there was anything that mm-hmm. had changed on it. It's the same beer. Yeah. But just, and, and it goes back to if you were to ask five breweries or five brewers to brew the same beer with the exact same recipe, it's going to taste five different ways. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, Because so much, and I think that gets lost, I think, in what we do, not to say, I mean, clearly the recipe is important, but there's varying degrees of how that recipe is going to come out based on the process and and what diligence goes into, especially something like this that takes 35 days to complete. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard. It's a... a to find balance, because um, I I do like to tweak things. I I haven't really lately, only because I just I'm not looking at the recipes right now of what we're brewing. But I do know that there's ways. I think not really the flavor of the beer at at all. I think the flavor is great, but just just the overall um, being more consistent, uh, making it a little bit less labor intensive which is is not going to change the beer flavor hey don't let luke talk you into into doing like a six decoction yeah (laughs) (laughs) i said he can do it but uh but it's a fine balance though with with tweaking recipes uh um not necessarily for flavor but just for quality state consistency and overall shelf life and stability of the beer so i think that's that's what's going to be hopefully in the future as as i get freed up that's going to be what my focus is as we get bigger and we're in Kroger and our beer is maybe sitting on the shelf life for an extra 30, 60 days that it doesn't change at all. So, you know, right now I'm super impressed and proud of the guys for what they're getting for like our DO levels. You know, we have got that new brand new super sexy dissolved oxygen meter and we're hitting numbers that are like, I seriously thought we were getting maybe 20 like parts per billion, which is, is, is fine. That's good. It's, yeah. it's very acceptable. Yeah. 
but to get like three and our target now, like, and kudos for Luke because he's like, yep, target's five. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, that's like, aggressive, Luke, but okay. It, it, it is aggressive. Well, I mean, that. I mean, him saying, you know, at New Glarus, we hit seven. I was like, we're fuck. We're gonna hit lower than seven. I, well, yeah, that was on that was on like the can runs, which is still hard. which is incredibly low. But we're yeah. gonna hit it, and I'm gonna make sure we're gonna hit it. Yeah, we will, we will. It's gonna take time, I think, and money. Regardless, <laughs> in my head, I always thought the seven though. So anything I yeah. thought anything Seven's that was my below favorite, seven, my favorite number. So that's yeah. just serendipitous. I love that. That was just your benchmark. Now, like anything below seven is a win. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean those are those are really truly in, in, impressive numbers, and I know that we talk about DO dissolved oxygen here uh, quite a bit, but it is I mean, beer is very deleterious, and its number one enemy is oxygen, so it's it's ex- extremely important on the process side. Um, I'm not sure where I was going on the recipe side, but as far as tinkering, um, I think it's mainly just like we're getting to the point where we're going to be hitting a consistency level because. We're dialing into the point of the recipes where we think they're getting to the point of almost just like if we change it, it's going to be detrimental. And, you know, with you being so busy right now, getting the can line up and running, now you'll be able to hopefully within the next couple months um, with our new hire coming on, helping me out and taking you away from Mm -hmm. that, you'll be able to tinker with the little things for more efficiency. And And that's what I'm excited about, too, is, you know, just coming up with those ways and processes and you know because there's definitely definitely it's always a progression and and improvement as far as quality of the beer um also just being more efficient um that i'm excited to kind of get myself into a little bit of a different role and less less on the floor a little bit to focus on that and that's definitely going to happen because i got really great brewers so awesome well thank you guys uh this this beer is awesome. It's one of my favorites. Thank you to uh, to all of you guys for making it happen. And um, it's it, it definitely exceeded my expectations. It was something, as I mentioned, as we kicked off this podcast, it was a hope of mine that this would be a beer that I would love. And uh, it, it, we, we more than exceeded that. So thank you, guys. Um, thank you to all of our listeners um, for continuing to come back every week. Uh, it's something that... Uh, has become a really cool platform for us and it's something that we oh real quick this is really quick I, I don't I don't there's a homebrew competition as well for the Oktoberfest so yes. how, how can people register for that yes so homebrew competition make sure you buy your entry by September 1st and then submit a week before the competition I don't know that date offhand but I believe it's September 20th September 21st I think it's is the day along those lines. It's 36 ounces yes right? Or yeah. 24? Is it 36 or 24? Just make sure you have two to three three bottles. Let's say three 12-ounce bottles yeah, of your safe. product. I'm assuming you're making more than that in a homebrew anyway. Oh, yeah. Right? It's more like yeah. so like we can judge the first round, and then if the beer goes on to the best of show, then we have another bottle. So we're, totally. not, we're not having a cracked beer that's going to be flat. Good right. call. Yep. So um, same thing. Facebook event, Sonder, or Mason Oktoberfest. On our website, go to events, Mason Oktoberfest. Uh, all the info's there. And it doesn't have to be a, a, an Oktoberfest. It just has to be a German-style Traditional beer. German-style beer, and all the guidelines are listed on there. I work with Luke on that, so he was really helpful with that. So. Perfect. Yeah, and if, if we're releasing this next Tuesday? This uh, podcast? This yeah. week. It'll come out this week. Yeah, probably. Okay. Well, uh, if you're doing a log or don't rush it. 
We, we <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we've been posting about it, so hopefully people submitting loggers know about it. But I know some people are putting in. Yeah, like brewers, I yeah. think we're 37 mm-hmm. days out today, being, Jeff, being, Jeff being Tuesday. So Jeff Gaiklin's putting in a couple of beers. So. Yeah, yeah, he's right, putting in Corey. a couple, and, and we are tasting them blind too. So there's yes. no. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's my, my dad's entering a beer, which yeah. is going to be oh, super nice. cool. Yeah. It will yeah. be all BJCP set guidelines. It's not sanctioned, but um, in the future it will though. Right? It, yeah, yeah, the next next year it will be BJCP, so it will be um, sanctioned by the guidelines, and it will be a pretty much larger competition. Will be open to the country. Um, um, but anyways, and then the reward's pretty sweet. Um, you know, you're gonna have a one-on-one tour with Chase and I. We're gonna take you through everything. Uh, you can try some beers that we have through the bright tanks and uh, off the fermenters, and see how everything tastes and how we go through stuff and how we talk and how we kind of go through um, how we make recipes, and whatnot. We'll, we'll make it a pretty much uh, a pretty intimate tour, so we're not making making this a waste of your time. And you get a sweet ass medal, and um, on top of that, you get a free crowler or two. So, you know, I, I think the idea long term is to 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 maybe even be able to, if we if we get a, a, a winner, to be able to replicate that beer. Yeah, if uh, you know, speaking on the pilot brew system, we don't you know we don't have that capability, but it'd be nice as as we hopefully grow as a company to bring in a pilot system. So you know that that not only gives freedom to the brewers to to create their own recipes and have you know fun on the side of making their beers, um, but also do something like this where if you know, and that can evolve to, you know, if somebody's getting married and the guys, you know, and the, or, you know, the couple's obsessed with beer and they want to create their own little recipe inside their head or whatever. And they talk to a, a brewer from ours and say, hey, we want this. And they write a recipe and they do a quick, you know, two barrel batch of it. And then they serve it at their wedding or something like that. I'm, I'm going on a rabbit hole. That'd be awesome. I, I love it. Well, yeah, no, I love too. it. I think it's I think it's awesome. So anyway, so so that's also available. So if yep. you are interested in that. There is still time to do. It'd be tight on a lager, but there is still time to do uh, a German ale. Uh, probably just reach well out still. on social if you have questions. Yep, sounds great. Cool guys, thank you so much. Cheers. Um, ah, now we're waiting on Luke. We're waiting on Luke to fill his beer. Um, my, my bad, y'all. All right. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, everyone. Tastes thank sweet. you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers.